Hello, I'm Eddie Temple-Morris. And I'm Nick Hawkes. Welcome along to episode number 10 of Trailblazers. And as it says in the Bible, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. This one was the very first mm. uh, one that we recorded in September of 2015. Can oh you my believe- goodness. I know. No, I, I can't believe it. No. That is, that mm. is scary. And mm. uh, our very first one, which you're about to hear as episode 10, is Renat van der Papelera. And Renat is fascinatingly the R in R&S record, mm. records, which is, you know, the legendary Joey Beltram and Boom Boom Satellites label. And, you know, so you much know, more, yeah. yeah, so much more. So that that that, uh, that prancing horse has been on uh, the cover of so many of uh, the records that uh, Nick and I and mm. you have loved. Mm. Absolutely. And we were still kind of figuring out, because it was the first one that we recorded, we were sort of figuring out how we wanted the show to sound, weren't we? And I remember on this one, we sort of had the, the initial <laughs> idea was sort of like that there'd be would light a fire, yeah. fire, and we're sitting by the fire or whatever while we're chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought we thought, thought it'd be, nice, be a, a nice, informal idea to get these dance music legends, and every single person we've talked to is a total legend, and sort of chat to them by the fire. And so we put a crackling sound of a fire. But and then, then we for, thought, well, yeah, you know, yeah, is it working? Is it not? Now nah, we well, sort of dropped that, didn't we? Yeah, but I guess for, for sound quality good. purposes, we dropped that idea. But so, so that's why you've got a a reassuring crackle of a fire <laughs> behind this one. So. With that in mind, let's uh, let's enjoy Renat van, Papel- van der Papelera of RNS Records. Let's begin. Deezer Originals. Trailblazers. Renat van der Papelera. Welcome, dear friends, to another episode of Trailblazers. My name is Eddie Temple Morris, and by my side, as ever, XL and Positiva Records founder Nick Hawks. Together, each time we light a warm and friendly fire and invite another dance music legend like Nick to chat to us by the fireside and talk about the cultural fires they started and to play some of the tunes that soundtrack their fascinating lives. This week's heat seeker is Renat van der Papelier. I hope I got that right. Oh, it's perfect. Um, excellent. The uh, uh, head of A&R and owner of world-renowned R&S Records, a label that first came to prominence in the early 90s and that has been home to artists as diverse as original ravers like Joey Beltram and human resource through to sonic test pilots like Aphex Twin, Jeff Mills and James Blake through to the current indie psych queen Nadine Shah. Renat, welcome to Trailblazers. Uh, so nice to be here. It's blinking good to have you here, Renat. So Thank I'm going to hand, I'm, I'm now going to, I'm going to light the fire. Do, and then do. Uh, and, and I'm going to hand over to Nick Hawks. Excellent. So, so Renat, brilliant to have you here. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, my first question is, is basically, you know, you've, you've always struck me as somebody with a sort of boundless energy and enthusiasm. And, and obviously that's, that's very handy for running a record label. I'm just wondering what, what does your typical day consist of these days? Are you just, you know, what, what do you do? Okay. Coming home very late from some sort of, some sort of party, <laughs> take a shower, have a coffee, Maybe chill out for an hour and then get back to work and check all the tunes. And because now we have our iPhones, I record a lot, I film a lot. I check what has been played if I can find it on Shazam. So I listen. I check music ten hours a day, basically. Ten hours a day of yeah. of, of music checking. But I mean, there's oceans of music around, isn't there? I mean, do you do you feel that you're that you can ever be kind of fully on top of um, everything? That's impossible, right? Uh, you know, I, I tried, and it's been a big frustration, but it's it's totally impossible. Hmm. You you miss out, but then again, 
you know, you can't you can't have it all. But, no. but you're still shazamming like a kid. Oh well, um, which is great. I, I think uh, who was it? Uh, because I've did I've done since uh, summer last year nearly all parties I could do like three four a week and all the festivals like nonstop. Um, my Sabine. You know, my wife, the S, you know, she mm. called the doctor. We went to a shrink. You know, there is nothing to do. You know, people try to help me. I'm in my sixth uh, midlife crisis. But I also feel <laughs> some, some, something is going on. Um, 2015, I, I feel I have the same vibes that, um, you know, when we started in, I don't know, 86, when this whole new beat thing mm. came along in Belgium, when there was mm. a complete new revival. Mm. And I'm an, I'm an old guy. So I went there, you know, when... Hendrix made his first record or where I saw him, you know, from Cliff Richard to Hendrix. So yeah. I've been through phases of music, disco, but this, um, I think the, the, the most powerful one for me was, you know, when this whole electronic scene yeah. really exploded. And I was there at the front, first love parade, first rave nearly. I, I was there nearly alone, uh, yeah. nearly alone. And now 2015, I feel, I feel the same. So, so what are the biggest changes I, I think from uh, your first record you put out was 80 something, 1980 something? Uh, no, uh, 83, 84. 83, 84. What's, what, what, are the, what is the biggest change? I mean, w we had no idea what we were doing, and probably I still don't, and I don't want to know. But what I, where I do see a big difference is that DJs today, or artists in general, are getting much more hybrid and much more, I don't know, they're, they're composers, they're, they're so futuristic. You know, I've, I've seen Paula Temple, for example, and Nicolas Jarras, I've seen two sets which really blew me away. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, festivals, you know, Prokopopowechter, mm. please mm. change it. They should close a festival today. This mm. is the future, not your... More traditional band, in more traditional band, you know. Show and because it's it it is it is a performance. It, it, it's much more than being a DJ. I wrote it on my Facebook when I saw Nicholas, and um, you know, people came to me. He's a great DJ. It has nothing to do with a DJ. It's it's a composition. Mm. It's an artist at work. It is incredible. Mm. So so take us back to the to the to the start. When when did you first become aware of the the power of music? Are you one of these people who were? Growing up in a house and there's music everywhere. Or? <laughs> we had a house. <laughs> well, got, no, that's good. No, I grew up in a house. I think we can narrow it down. I'm pleased to hear. Yeah, that's now. good. <laughs> <laughs> but was there music everywhere in the house? Uh, yes, my sister was playing guitar. Mm. But everything triggered me as a young kid. You know, I was a big fan of Jerry Lewis. You know, not to you know, I was mm. I was addicted to Jerry Lewis. Also, a great drummer, uh, Gene Krupa at that time. You know. <laughs> black and white television so my father was watching th uh, those uh, shows is, this is in in Ghent in Belgium I assume we had television in Belgium yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can we put a sort of time frame on this what decade was this because you, you, you look really young but I, I'm guessing that you're a lot older than you look uh, I'm 58 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a young kid Jerry Lewis you're talking about I don't know I was 10 mm. yeah I don't know 9, 10 yeah and um you know, those early uh, big shows, uh, TV shows, you know, they, they were quite long. You know, mm. you had big bands. And I was always fascinate, fascinated by drums mm. and comedians. I don't know why. Now I do understand why, because a very good comedian has a rhythm, you know. Yes, and now, I, now I really, it really triggers me. I'm not saying, you know, Jerry Lewis, he invented also camera work and film. You know, this guy is not to be underestimated. But I wanted to be him, you know, a comedian. <laughs> wow. But okay. mainly, uh, mainly a drummer, uh, fas right. fascinated by Gene Krupa, mm. you know, later uh, Billy Cobham, you mm. know, when, when it came into jazz, I was collecting really drum, you know, albums by drummers, and I was watching drummers all the time. Right. And um, 
And yeah, you had Cliff Richard, the Beatles, you know, all fine. But then came this guy uh, on, on television, which is called Jimi Hendrix, you know, say no more, you know, bye. Pew. So, well, well, so how did that make you feel? What was, can you, can you remember the first moment? Was it seeing him at, at was it Altamont or was it, what, was it, uh, what, um, what no, was the he, moment that you... He, he was on a program in, um, uh, Wednesday afternoon. We had a um, sort of um, huge cultural program, you know, where you scouts, they sing. And they invited him really, they, they really were the first one to invite Jimi Hendrix on stage. So there you had the, be- the Beatles all really nice dressed and they were very proper. And then there was this guy with a guitar with, you know, wild. And- oh, when I said um, Altamont, I meant Monterey, of course. But you're talking about like a, pro- a, pop pro- a popular program in Belgium. Yeah, yeah huge culture, he, you know, in, in the afternoon. He was on. Yeah, he was on. He came came through Europe, not America. He's one of those rare artists that American artists that that we popularized and then sort of fed back to them. So so you would have got into it before uh, before any American kid. Um, I guess so. And so, how did that make you feel at that time? Can you remember? You know what what was what were your what were your feelings when you first came into contact with with Hendrix? I have I have one word. I wanted to be a musician, a drummer, and and what I what I did know as a youngster. For sure, this is my life. I, will, I really want to be as close to music and artist as possible. That was my dream. I, I want, I wanted to be Jerry Lewis. I wanted to be Hendrix. You know, please let me be close to artists. I'm not going to study. This is my life. I knew from that moment on. Well, you wanted to be Mitch Mitchell, didn't you? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. It's falling in love. It's like, how do you explain falling in love with something? Well, so w- let's soundtrack this. What would be what would be the Hendrix t- tune to play right now? Hey Jew was the first thing I heard. Trailblazers, Renat Van der Papalia. Hey Jew, where you going with that gun of yours? Hey Jew, I said where you going with that? Nick, um, you uh, you wanted to you wanted to pursue a more uh, a more current line of questioning. Well, I I wanted to talk about electronic music now, and so the, the Jimi Hendrix record you heard that was a record from 1965, and you were, you were blown away by hearing that. I'm wondering when you started to kind of uh, become aware of electronic music. Was that something that that you know in, in your later teens or? Well, it started with um, Autobahn Craftwork. Right, really, uh, you know what is this seventy early seventy yeah 71, early seventy one yeah. I don't know so I was mm. I was still a youngster, and um, I think for, you know of course uh, Jean Michel Jarre by, right by by in, in that time you know we were playing all 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 that stuff in Belgium because you know Belgium is really known um, especially in that time to be quite avant garde in clubs they were playing mm. a lot of um, electronic music, um, so yeah I think Kraftwerk is definitely responsible for that autobahn yeah and were you a big clubber when you were sort of <laughs> 17, 17, 18, 19 were you desperate to be in in nightclubs I, ha- and- I have a bachelor <laughs> you have a bachelor you have a degree a degree in I have a degree in clubology and applied after parties what um, so okay so, so yeah so what, you, what other kind of dance music were you hearing when you were 
entering, you know, just getting used you to know, clubbing it, for the first time as a... First clubbing... So this is in the, what, so how old were you when you were 18? What year were we I, 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 I was younger when I was hanging around in bars. I know my father was, you know, dragging me out of bars. Right. I, 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 the only thing is that, as I told you, I wanted to be close to music. So yeah. the, the next step would be DJs that I, that I knew a little bit. Yes. Um, so I, I didn't go to school. I wanted to be close to DJs, seeing their records, hanging out in record shops. So And were you, did you start DJing as a, at that age as well? Sure, you know. Right. You, you, so this is before... Fairy speed decks and all of this stuff, right? I mean, you, you talk, what, what's the, uh, I think everything uh, vinyl, obviously. Yeah, forty-five singles, forty-five uh, seven uh, inches, a, a, a dual. Uh, you know, right? Does all oh up. yeah, would they, would they go on top of each other? Yeah, Those, exactly. Like a dance set, like a dance set. So you're playing with a I dance mean, set, right? Okay. <laughs> dance set junior. Okay. Then again, I was really avant-garde stuff at that time. Um, but then it was Northern Soul, really. You know, I was really, ah. really into soul. This is how it all came, and club music. You know, when people I was, weren't really mixing records in in nightclubs at that point, right? It would one record fade. Correct, DJ yeah. on the mic. Quite a bit that I'd always hated. You hated you know, it. Some, you know, yeah, too but much I, wedding. But in clubs and in cafe, there were you know fade out, fade, fade out. out. Yeah, right. Because yeah, cool, cool Herc, cool Herc hadn't happened. At that, no, or Grandmaster Flash no, hadn't happened at, no. at that time. No. Well, so that let me later. ask you something, Renard. Just further to what Nick was talking about. You know, trying to sort of get your your entry point, if you like, into electronic music. And you 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 mentioned um, artists like Kraftwerk, who you became aware of. Mm-hmm. But what was the what was the artist or the record that? The, the first that was from electronic music that first affected you emotionally in the same way that Jimi Hendrix did. So, not somebody that you were aware of, but somebody that really reached into you and made you think, "Wow, this is where I want to be." You know, can you identify a, an artist that inspired you to that degree? Yeah, I think um, Klaus Schulze, um, the album E two E four. You remember, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. it's been sampled by Derek May and stuff yeah. like that yeah. one. And um, as as uh, I think as everybody, Computer World by by Kraftwerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was so far out, and still today, you know, it's. Uh, I always say it's you know, often imitated, but never, yeah. you know, never done before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like James Brown. There is no James Brown till today. There is no Marvin Gaye. There is no Kraftwerk. Even mm-hmm. there is so much electronic music. You know that finesse and and if you imagine how those those guys uh, made their tunes, you know they had to feed their computers. You know they had to work days on the sound. Now everybody's yeah. on, on a preset. So it, it is an, an incredible piece of design. Really, it's it's more than music. It, it is. I don't know. It's. Yeah, mm. and it, and it and it is it is emotional, isn't it? Mm. It's beyond electronics. It's gone at, beyond. Well, a, a friend of mine has uh, the or, the original um, uh, mixing desk where um, uh, Autobahn and all the demos of um, uh, what is it, Computer World the album is made. Wow. Really? Yeah, wow. it's there. Uh, David Morley, I think you know. Him. Yeah, David okay. has the original Kraftwerk de- oh, desk. Oh, really? Where is that now? In Brussels, at his home. Oh, it's in his home, what, home studio. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's working on it. And it's still, it's still working. <laughs> which, oh, that's which great. Is, which is amazing, because I, I was hearing the um, the Too Many DJs guys saying that they have the, um, you know, the original bit of kit that Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing was uh, recorded, you know, the rhythm track, the... Um, Doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, you know, so I think they bought, because he recorded that in Belgium, and then they bought the, the bits and pieces from that studio, and, and that's in their place, so... It's a, a comparable story. Mm-hmm. I, I love how 
ghost in the machine. You yeah. Know, you have you have these emotional attachments to machinery, and I love how st- every studio that of any that's worth their salt that you go to, they'll always have a story. They'll go. I mean, I remember going to meet Paul Epworth at Eastcote Studios mm. in in, in uh, West London. And he said, "Oh, this is the desk that Bob Marley had in yeah. you know in in Jamaica, and he recorded but, like he recorded several albums on." And it's, it's lovely how you have that. But, but as a music fan, and if you know the music, it really does something to you because you're afraid to touch that. Uh, here in um, in England, uh, what is it? It's the studio where. Um, um, the, the piano the, you, you can say the Bohemian Rhapsody piano yeah, which I yeah, think is from Metro- Queen Metropolis, Metropolis. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I came I'm, into I'm the studio I've had a tinkle on it <laughs> yeah, really? yeah 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 I, I just kissed it I said I'm not going to touch it oh, I, see, I went, went, went one step further <laughs> <laughs> but you know it really does affect you no? it's amazing it's yeah like, it's wow real it's yeah it's amazing history but let's let's should we listen to uh, Computer World Trailblazers Renat van der Papalier Craftwork, the uh, the first electronic inspiration of Renart van der Papelier, who we have uh, here as our guest on Trailblazers. I've, I've got a slightly entertaining craftwork story, actually, which uh, you might be interested in. I'm not totally sure whether this is true, but, but when I was running Positiva at EMI, um, there was a, a lot of anticipation within, e, within EMI waiting for a new craftwork record to get delivered because it was a big thing, would make a big difference to the, you know, the yearly numbers and long wait, you know, and year after year would go by waiting for a new craftwork record to get delivered. Um, uh, but then apparently, sort of um, one day, um, the Kraftwerk guys decided, right, we've finished our new album, we're going to de- deliver it to, to EMI's um, uh, you know, offices in, in Cologne. And uh, so uh, k- very keen cyclists, as you're aware, yeah. Kraftwerk. So whoever it was, Florian or one of the guys, he's got his cycling, he's got his shorts on and his... Like a, a sort of like a courier bag type thing, and he, he cycles up to the to the EMI EMI offices, goes through into main reception, and and go, go, yeah, it's Florian. I'm I'm here to deliver my new record, and they think he's a cycle courier, and they sort of send him. No, no, you've got to go in round the, the in through <laughs> through the other entrance, mate. You can, you can sign yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, not 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 here, not through here, mate. You, you know, round the corner, but you know, so quite funny. I, oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> It, it could be because he was at my place too, and knew. <laughs> do, do you remember that uh, we made this uh, limited edition on uh, you know when RNS existed ten years cycling? Right. RNS. Okay. Yeah. 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 I gave oh, you made cycling. Too. You made RNS cycling shirts. Yeah, I gave one to to Florian because it's Florian, by the way. So he came out of our apartment, so I gave him mine and. Oh, right, okay. And with your RNS logo in order to dance. <laughs> did you do the cycling shirts because you were a craft work fan or a, cy- or a, or a no, cycling we, enthusiast? No, we, we existed 10 years and we made this. Uh, this is actually an interesting story and, and one of my first frustrations in the industry. Honest to God, you, you remember the, um, the, the lightning box? Uh, you know, we, we what did, piece of kit? No, it was an RNS compilation. Right. Ah. So when you opened it, you know, all the lights were on. It was a handmade 
you know, piece by piece. A promo item, like an amazing Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was a piece of art because yeah. it, it is in the Museum of Modern, uh, Modern Art now. Right. Wow. Um, really. And, uh, you know, when it came out, um, <laughs> I will never forget that. You know, I was at the Brit Awards and um, Chemical Brothers was sitting next to me. I don't know who, uh, um, yeah, um, DJ from Underworld, Darren. Yeah. Uh, okay. And Mike, uh, Chadwick Distribution. Yeah. And then they said, Renard, uh, artwork of the year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, come on. This was bigger than Michael Jackson ever did. Wow. Every piece is handmade. Wow. Honest to God. Amazing. Industrial handmade. So I was uh, making myself ready, you know. <laughs> Blur, oh, cover of Blur. You know, you, the, 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 me. no, I'm, I'm not kidding you. You know, the cover with the dog with the yeah. terrier. That yeah. was best artwork of the year. And I was like, uh, listen, uh, <laughs> I was like, I have to stop this shit. Yeah, <laughs> forget it. It was um, um, how can you say um, a lot of events happening in, in, in a short week because mm. I went to radio in mm. Belgium. And uh, as you know, uh, Nick was in my apartment. Mm. The lights was going on twenty four hours around the clock. The apartment was was not bigger than this with the studio. It and was. It was. Yeah. It was amazing. That. Yeah. Yeah. So Renard lived uh, in an in an apartment, but it was like when you know when you hear about producers like oh I'm kind of really in the studio a lot. I mean. It, the, the living room was a recording studio. A, a live work, a live, yeah. the classic that live work I don't, space. I don't remember a TV or a, anything. <laughs> we had no place. No, there was no room. There was no room. It, you know, so, was, and, and you went to stay um, with Renat to, to make a record with I, CJ Bolland, is that right? Well, I don't think there was, I'm not sure there was any room to stay in Renat's right. place because it was all equipment, basically. Yeah. Um, but yes, I went over to Ghent. Um, I, yeah, I'd signed a record by Space Opera. Uh, Space 3001 um, and then yes we said uh, I think I was like to, to, I'd sign that to Excel and I think the vibe was like yeah let's let's do a new mix for the UK and and then yes I, that might have been the first time we met was it? <laughs> exactly, when I went, yeah. went over to Ghent and uh, yes it was Renard CJ Boland uh-huh. and myself uh, yeah did a, did a mix of this record so tell us about this, yeah, this, this time anyway but, but you... it was important because Everything followed. It was ten years. So I went to Belgium radio station, and I, and, um, and I told them, "Listen, guys, give give us some two hours in the night. I have all those guys, the Orp or the Derek May, just name history. They were, you know, constantly <laughs> passing through. Yeah, sleeping sleeping bags on the floor in in the bed. Honest to God, you know, we had to open the door and crawl for people. It took ten years, man. We lived. Sabine and I lived ten years like we that. Lived it. And that Sabine's the 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 S, of course, of yeah. R and S. It's Renat and it's yeah. Sabine, right? the power yeah. girl. Yeah, and um, you know. You know, traditionally, you know, no, no, fuck off. People are still, you know, and they want to rock. They want to have nothing to do with electronic music. So I say, okay, fine. You want to beat me? I call my friend. Hire a satellite right now. And we're going to start our own radio. So we did. We, we, you know, it costed me, I didn't have the money, 30 grand to hire a satellite for the week. Jesus, right. I decided that in the car. You know, we set up a radio station in an old house and we were gone. Didn't you come? Because I flew the whole, uh, the whole world over for the 10th anniversary. And we were going 24 hours around the clock. Sven Fate, the Orb, just name him. Everybody was there yeah. make, making programs. Mm. And then the week after was this. And then, of course, we had this compilation, The Box. Mm. Brit Award said, you know, mm-hmm. listen, we prefer a dog okay. as a cover. That's really our work. Sure. And um, anyway, yeah. So, so tell us then. You, so you, you were, you were DJing, and then you started making some. I, I didn't DJ. You, oh, okay. <clears throat> I was a DJ before, mm. but um, 
this was the period when every, everything grew. Then you, you had all those labels like uh, Plus Eight and, you know, what was Sven's first label? Not Cocoon. I can't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. But I saw those guys, um, they had a label, but they were fronting it as DJs. So uh, um, I said, no, you know, my, my task is here to defend the artist. I don't have to, you know, take advantage of the artist. I shouldn't be there like, hey, I'm the cool guy from Arnes. So I stayed in the background. I prefer the guys to, to make a career of it. Mm. Now I do it because it's a joke. It's a, it's a gimmick. There's this old guy raving, you know, if I make a mistake, who's going to kill me? <laughs> Nobody. <you know? laughs> they know it's not a career move, if you know what I mean. Sure. But for me, the, the guys were important, not me. So, cool. So you, so yeah, um, uh, you were you you were making some records. You made the the code mm. the code sixty one record. <laughs> yes, drop the deal was a big success, mm-hmm. and then uh, then we had the the, the guaranteed raw record mm-hmm. was early stages, and then you you wanted to give a spin to to man tracks by Scarlet Circus. What's what's the story behind this record? Um. I had my studio and, and had guys in there for weeks mm. and um, not coming out with anything right. by moments because this is why I don't want a studio anymore. So you give them a studio, they don't have the, you know, there's no money involved. Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's chill and take it easy. And then, you know, listen to a delay for six hours or, <laughs> yeah. or six days. Yeah. And I was so frustrated. And, um, you know, I, I came into the studio and said, everybody out. And same thing happened with um, with good load of this. I yeah. said, everybody out. Yeah. I will do it. I had no idea. So I started making a track on my own, really, you know, going wild and I had fun. And this was Scarlet Circus. Mm. And, um, you know, I find a name and, you know, titles for it. But I didn't want to release it. I didn't take myself serious as a producer or whatever or a talent because mm. I don't have any talent. And I wanted to erase the whole thing. Mm. But I left it. So the day after I met uh, Richard, you know, Aphex Twin. Right. Mm. So uh, we went into my studio and, you know, the table, the mix was still on. So I said, hey, Richard, I did this last night. And he said, wow, you know, I want to play this. You know, give it to me. So he has the master. I don't have the master anymore. So you, I wanted to, to, to delete it, you know, erase it. Yeah. Mm. And why did you want to delete it? You know, if it's me, I don't have any talent, you know. Well, it's just, it's a, we can be the judge of that. Let's, let's have a listen to this. <laughs> To this, to so this record. Actually, so we've actually got this record right here. Yeah. <laughs> Trailblazers, Renard van der Papalier. Made one night in a, in a in a Ghent live work studio space by Renart van der Papalier, the R of R and S Records, and uh, he and he's uh, he's he's so uh, ambivalent about it. He said he wanted to 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 delete it, but was prevented from doing so by Aphex Twin, who was uh, who was one of his proteges at the time. And the, the timeless nature of electronic music is is perfectly uh, illustrated by the fact that you could have played that to me now and told me that that was a track that you've taken from. Steph and Dave Davala's last too many DJs set at Glastonbury, and I would have believed you. I mean, that's that's a cool track. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So, um, you you then hit a, a very rich seam of, of form on on R and S. Um, but but before we do that, let's let's talk about R and S 
and and the, the well, let's talk about the logo actually. So yeah, let's well, talk. yeah, what's 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 the inspiration <laughs> behind? I, what I want to know yeah. is, were you are you was it a Ferrari ripoff? Or, or are, are the, you, the, the, is it horses or the cars that you're into? No, well, I'm both. I'm into horses and into cars, and I, I, you know, I love Ferrari. But um, the story be- behind it is um, that when I started the label, I worked in in a record shop, you know, yeah. and. Um, there were a couple of uh, record shop, import shops that really dominated and had power over Belgium. And um, when I made my first record, you know, long, long before, <laughs> a rap record and, and a cover of Barry White, um, the artist was was owned, owned, um, signed to those guys, you know, the cartel. Yeah, mm, in Belgium, key people, that correct. So I took it, and they were so pissed off because I work was working in 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 the shop, and I took their artist away. Um, and they said, "Well, you know, if Renat is going to do or release a record, we're not going to import it or stock it or whatever." Perhaps, but then, yeah, correct. There was um, a fashion by Italian imports, so I said, "Okay, you know, Ferrari, I love it. Let's make it. Let's make it look very Italian." You know, I pressed it in France, and through the channels I had, it came back into Belgium and everybody thought it was an Italian record and it was you know it was a really big hit so that's why you did it but you did it yeah. because you wanted it on the surface of things to look like an like Italian it, record uh, correct so yeah. you, you yeah. took the most iconic Italian logo yeah that's what Mark I did from probably yeah, yeah, yeah that was it that is the most iconic Italian logo yeah oh that's fantastic I love that because that's always been you mm. know among my favourite if not my favourite logos of mm. any dance music label mm. you know? but, but then we changed it into all the, the, the colours because all the colours they, they 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 have a meaning because you know the triangle is is, is protecting, right? Yes. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Green is, is green is, is a, a color of, color, of hope. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The prancing horse, of course, is like the dance, you know, or or standing out of something. Mm. The black is the night, and the blue is like the moonshine. Is the, the, the you know the romance and and so all the colors are united in 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 the things what I like about the night. Mm. Really, oh, that's wonderful. Great. So, so let's let's talk about some of these classics that that came out uh, on the label: Energy Flash, mm. Joe Beltram, and yeah. Outlander. Uh, Outlander family. Kind of, let's let's look at. Well, let's say the the Energy Flash tune for starters. Like, it's a classic. Everybody knows it's a classic. Did did you know it was a classic at the point that you signed I, I, it, or oh, the, or, or or how did you discover it? Yeah. That, no, I mean that would be very pretentious to say. You know, you know, it's a classic from day one. Um, mm. No, I didn't. It was much more, you know, uh, we go back to a period when New Beat is at its peak. And I really liked the scene. And I always said that, you know, also in the movie, you know, the music was not not really relating to me. And um, I find um, a, a white label by uh, Joey Beltram, I, uh, um, direct or something, live and mm. direct. So, you know, in the early days, uh, you had... So he was USA, he was an American, wasn't he? Jerry yeah, Belton, right? yeah, USA based, and, yeah. uh, you know, I bought that record, I really liked the whole sound of it. Right. Um, his number was on it, so I called him, flew him over, and Energy Flash was made, uh, you know, the first notes in my apartment. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was the story, basically. That That is, that reminds me, you know, in those days, that, that there was quite a lot of that, wasn't there? You'd just see an import, yeah. it would have a phone number Correct, on it, yeah. and you would just call it up, and the the artist would answer. It happened sure. to me. I, I actually uh, I remember when I, I became aware of French Kiss, Little Louie, and uh, I did the same thing. I, I tried to sign that record, and I phoned up the number on the on the import, and it was like hello, and I'm like yeah, I'm interested. And he's like this is Louie. 
oh, uh, I really like your record. Okay, cool. And and I'm like, oh, um, I was a bit, can, can I sign it? You know, and he's like, sounds cool. I'm like $1,500, something like, is that okay? Yeah, sounds cool to me. Right, okay. And he's just like, yeah, speak to the lawyer and wrap up the details and cool. And I just sort of put the phone down. I thought, well, that was, have I just signed French Kiss? <laughs> of course, what actually happened, then the lawyer about two weeks later came and said, no, we need $30,000 or $50,000 and FFRR have offered and blah, blah, blah. So it, it didn't happen. But um, but that was that was the same thing, you know, just same picking up the, seeing the number, calling up and the, the artist answers. It's, same situation. That yeah. I, fl- I flew Joey over for the first time, direct, uh, Derek. Derek May. Yeah. Derek May, Call Craig. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I remember him coming over to my apartment with Carl Craig. We went to a studio where really Carl touched probably the first time in his life a real mixing desk. Right. So, <laughs> en- so Energy Flash was made in in that sort of in the apartment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. On the same gear that you'd yeah in my apartment done that record yeah. on. Amazing. Oh. And 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 um, it, w- it was also uh, for me a statement because you know it was also. You came after that because mm. it was a fashion in Belgium. Those shops, when an American record came in, they would make a very cheap cover when they mm. worked in a club, so mm. they yeah. could make more profit. Mm. And I was so against it. And also, the new beat was not funky enough, so I was looking for... I had no talent. <laughs> so <laughs> You say, but then you no, just made a really on, cool no. record. And did, did this record instantly explode? Oh, yeah, direct. Because right, it, just it like, sounded so different than, you know, uh, when we yeah. uh, direct. Couldn't, was it one of those cases where you couldn't press enough? Because it's all vinyl, obviously. Was it just like, jum, 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 out, out, that scenario? <laughs> you, you've been there. At I time, have. You know, and, and, I, and, you know, Sabine and I, we were, we were going to the press, pressing plant, you know, putting everything in a cover ourselves. Yeah, wow. We've then done that, you know, there were 10,000 records each day going, you know, like, like a machine. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. it was one of these, yeah. Let, let's say the record, yeah. Energy flash. Trailblazers. Renard van der Papalier. to hear this uh, oh. pivotal pivotal tune oh. I mean Nick what, what does this where does this take you is oh, this a belt from Energy Fan- Flash yeah. a, a dance legend like you where where is your you know think back to where you were when yeah, you first I mean, heard this that, I can't remember where I first heard it to be honest but I just remember hearing it everywhere and it was just you know you'd You'd sprint onto the dance floor if you weren't on the dance floor, or if, you know, kind of record. Yeah, just amazing. And where were well, you? And where were you professionally? I know that we're not. This is supposed to be about you, but yeah. this is it's all so interesting. I've got. I'm. 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 I'm, in a, in, I'm realizing that I'm in a room with the man who signed the Prodigy and the man who signed Apex Twin. This is incredible. So I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to milk this. So, <laughs> so, um, so, um, so where were? Yeah, where were yeah, you? Yeah, it would. It then? would have been. Yeah, early days of of XL recordings as these tracks were were coming out of of R and S. So there was a few, you know, there was certain key labels and 
Excel had various phases of, uh, you know, we had a, a of, of signings, I guess, in the early days, and you had, yeah, you had you had great, you had Warp doing some great stuff, Network. Then you had the the more breakbeaty side of yeah. of rave culture and, and, on Suburban Base, and and yeah, there was a lot of really amazing records so, around at the time. And did you see each other as competitors or as potential allies and friends? I mean, like you, you know, you were working for Excel, you got Renard doing his thing at RNS, and did you? Was there sort of? I'm going to be honest, not anymore. But but in the beginning, coming from Belgium, I saw everybody as a competitor. Yeah, I was finding I will be I will try to be first because you have to you have to remember you know Belgium is not really the music sort of where you would expect the label to grow. Sure, or you know, name mm. one. There's I think we're the only one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what, in, in, in Belgian Belgium history, in, in dance, you just think you think R and S, and you think Solak, you think too many DJs. Well, don't you? Exactly. No. So, but England has this tradition of labels and music culture and big bands. Mm. So for me, it was like, okay, if you can do it, I can do it. So mm. be quick. <laughs> I, I'm, if I can answer that one, for me, um, I don't really remember like that. Renard and I were both trying to sign the same record or the same artist at the same time, so I didn't really view us as competitors. So, what my, our competitors would be, you know, maybe sort of Warp or Deconstruction or some of these other guys that might be trying to sign the same things that I was trying to sign but we wouldn't really I, I didn't find myself in competition you with Renard so I, I viewed Renard as an R&S as, uh, as just a, a very cool part of this amazing ecosystem I didn't yeah. really think of it you say, you say you didn't want to sign the same act but I know for a fact that Renard's thinking I want to I wanted to sign the prodigy <laughs> uh, I did and I, I, I did uh, I, t- two things I still have uh, I still have this male uh, prodigy in the beginning and of course Underworld and uh, Oh, yes, the ones that got away. Well, we'll talk about the ones that got away later. Yeah. Can, I just be, can I just be a train spotter? And I know that there'll be lots of people listening to this wondering, uh, go back to that, that live-work space that you had, that mm. all of these pivotal records were made. What were you using at the time? You know, what was your, what was your actual studio setup? What did you have m- making the atmosphere hot in, in that? Because uh, I presume this would be all just analogue. Um, gear and uh, it was all and, and and of course I worked in, in a couple of I've seen a couple of bigger studios you know traditional uh, traditional stu- studios but when I came out you know everybody was still working on and you know those house guys on um, Cubase yeah and you know little Akai samplers but then um, I went to the bank loaned some money I had uh, you know the first element heat 32 desk you know, 32 uh, channel, uh, uh, yeah, channel. Well, the first one. You know, but o- Oberheim's lexicon, uh, you know, reverbs, com- you know, compressors, you name it. It was like a sort of semi professional studio there. Yeah. That's, and we that's had expensive. N- that, in those days, that must have been really expensive <clears> to do that. To tell me about it. So I'm, still paying, just, I'm still paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> so you just, you, you just thought, I want to do this. And you just, you had a friendly bank manager that gave you a, a loan that was sizable enough for you to buy all of this gear. Cause Co- correct. Yeah. In those days, that was, you know, Correct. And then the first emulator tree that, you know, emulator came just out, you know, after Akai, you know, with a bigger uh, sample frequency. Yeah. So, you know, when people came into my studio and saw the emulator tree, it was like seeing Penelope Cruz, like, wow, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what is this? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I went, I went quite far in, 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 in that. And, and the, 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 I mean, the joke is that nobody from those guys could work with it. They had no, they had no idea. And that's the beauty. We were all pushing knobs and... Figuring out, making... Yeah, you know... Wow, how did we... They'd never heard 
they had never seen it. You know, I, I was bringing youngsters in from the street. You know, do you know something? Can you work with a computer? Come in, let's try something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and it's just it was just like handing a guitar to somebody that had never played a guitar and yeah, just let correct. them just it's, it's exactly find out exactly. on their own. Wow, exactly amazing, incredible. That's, so that is, you know, we call this we call this program Trailblazers, and we're now really sort of uh, <laughs> figuring out I, I, why. I'm gonna make a documentary and I have footage and film and, and photos of it. And it's all in there. I'm not joking. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'd, brilliant. I'd, love to, I'd love to watch it. So let's talk about another classic record, Outlander Vamp. Mm-hmm. What was, the, it was sampled by The Prodigy, of course. Yes. Um, on their Invaders album. What, what was the story behind that? Was this another record just, hey, guys, come in the no, studio? No, no, no. And well, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Marcus, you know, he, we had uh, David Morley and Marcus were at the beginning. Um, and Cisco Ferreira, the advent, mm-hmm. were sort of the first engineers of uh, who could work with a computer and really understand mm. a mixing board a mm. little bit. Mm. And I don't know, it was the yeah uh, vibe of the moment. Of, you know, we're all young, energetic houses, really coming very powerful, and mm. that's you know, Bosch. That was it. That was it. Cool. Let's let's check it. Trailblazers, Renard van der Papalier. Want to hear more of the music? Don't forget, you can listen to the tracks in full by heading over to Deezer.com, where you'll also find special Trailblazers playlists. Deezer. Deezer. Originals. Trailblazers. I love that record, and uh, I heard I was at Bestival the, um, fairly recently, and um, I think it was Errol Alcan played the, this record. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah, and uh, me and my little posse of people, we were all walking away from the the sort of um, you know like the main state, the, the the area where you know everybody's dancing and stuff. And then this came on, and I got to say, I had turned around, sprinted back to the speakers. I was like, oh, <laughs> and we had a real moment. Actually, it was great. <laughs> It's so, great. <laughs> had to can, be done. It's great. You can still have these moments. Yes. You know, I, I, I love it. When, about, when, when I meet um, influential, famous, talented people, in really, I'm very, very lucky. We all have been very lucky to do oh, that. Yes. It's, it's great when you meet these people and they're still a fan. Yeah. And, you know, Renard, you're still a fan. You know, you're still shazamming stuff like a child. You know, that's just, that's something that, you, you know, obviously you'll never let go, but that's such a, that's such a nice place to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always close to DJ and um, I'm, I'm ready to know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Still a fan. And so. I, I think it's, it's a, a, a great downfall of some people in the music industry when they forget you know about being a fan so people who for example start to get to that position of like i won't buy that album you know i'll only i'll only get it if somebody you know sends me a link yeah. or, or send you know sends me the, the the vinyl or whatever in the post uh, you know or you know sort of club wise you know people who'd start to, like, why should i pay for tickets to a festival or a club or something like that no if it's worth going to pay the money you know well. what remember the you know. No, it is worth paying, but, but now we're touching, I, I think, a very interesting subject because I, I see it a lot around me. First of all, you know, <clears throat> as I told you, I'm going, you know, I've been to all the parties, three, four parties a week. I'm 58. 
No, honestly. And, I, and I've seen young guys, uh, you know, three o'clock, let's go. And I'm like... And you're still having it. Yeah, well, I said, <laughs> you, you, you're... That's not right. You never leave a good party because, you know, it, it's just going to start now. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's and, the and it's when the inspiration true. comes, you know, like in a studio. I know that. You know, that's no, but it, it, that three, actually, four, five it's true. You know, I see all those guys falling. They're 16, 17 heart ravers. They're, oh, I'm tired, you know. And I'm like, listen, you're going to miss the best moment. Bye. You know, but then I want to be alone because you miss the best moment four, five, six o'clock in the morning. That's but it. You're, this is where the records are played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, are, you yeah. are very, you are unusual, though, aren't you? I mean, the, most of your contemporaries, I presume, you must have mates same age who are in other. I don't industries. have mates my age. They're all dead. You know, they try to follow me. They, right. they died on like the way. All your mates are nineteen-year-olds and twenty-four-year-olds, probably. You're laughing. I have um, my best friend is 48 now. Okay. I have one who is 52, and okay. that's about it. And yeah. now we, we, we know a couple, uh, our age, all the rest is much younger. You have, yeah. In our house, it's like 20 year, 24, yeah. 30 year maximum. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, no, I, 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 I will sound very arrogant, but if I have, you know, brothers or sisters, or even my age, it's about the mortgage, new car, a dog, and I'm like. Yeah, but I'm boring too because I'm I'm saying the same thing. You know, this party was great. This record, you know, like so I'm I'm boring too. But to us, that's not boring. No, no, it would be boring to a you know commodity broker but perhaps. But I, I die. Oh, let me let me fly. Let me go out because yeah. I uh, had an operation not long ago. You know, I could have been dead. You mm. know, blah blah blah. Mm. So you know, had you know, which is stems, you know. So I went from the operation table to a party. Honest to God, I'm not lying. <laughs> you just pointed at your heart then. Did you have like a, like a heart yeah, stents or something? Stents. Oh, stents. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is serious. Like this is well, yeah. serious. I'm still alive. Anyway, yeah. but you but, were you were pondering whether you would survive. No, not that bad. But it, if if they wouldn't have find it, I could have been dead. You know, I was walking around for one uh, one year. That it, you have seen me. I couldn't walk from here to there without pain. Blah blah. Long story. Anyway, operation table <laughs> finished. <laughs> Direct to club. Honest to God, stay wow. there. T- yeah, wow. t- till seven o'clock in the morning. Sabine is with me. Untold is playing again. Seven o'clock in the morning. That place is steaming. Which hot? Where were you? Again, to an RNS party. Okay, you know, I yeah. play, because I played three hours. Untold, you know, and it was seven o'clock in the morning. You played a three-hour set yeah. within twenty-four hours of being on the oh, opera. No, uh, uh, even less, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <Right>. whoa, <laughs> okay, respect. No, 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 no. Redefining <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, untold is steaming. People are dancing. Yeah. Perfect. The way I want to party. Right. You know, no joke. No compromise. So Sabine is a little bit worried. No. Mm, I was going to say, wasn't she, wasn't she going? No, she wasn't. You should rest. You yeah, you should rest. You should come and say, no, 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 no. We're still going to go for an hour. We're going to get some records. You know, let what? me die here. You know, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Don't, Let me do- <laughs> don't don't worry about it. And and to be very honest, when I turned fifty eight, she told me, you know what is important for you now. And I was evaluating all things, and that's being at nightclub or seeing a very good band at that moment where it's happening, yeah. where people and 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 the guys energy and yeah, when it's it's one synergy, yeah, mm. and they will not get me home before, you know, I go, for, you know, I'm fifty eight, I party for three days, <laughs> you know, I, I, I go. But, you know, I watch drinks and I don't do drugs. Maybe, you know, whatever. But no drugs. Be careful. Vodka, a lot of water. And I go and I see everybody like... <laughs> yeah. So it's more, it's more or less natural, just natural energy and endorphins and, it's, and it's, your it's, it's natural the lo- enthusiasm um, that yeah. are keeping it's you going the, through it's this. It's that moment which is so beautiful. 
Yeah, I, I cannot describe it. It's it's for me. It's uh, it's my happiness. It's it's my air that I breathe. That moment, I don't want to miss it. And if you have to work for a good party, you have yeah. to be there. Sometimes you have to go to bad sets. And maybe that's not up to the DJ, but to the vibe and whatever. Well, this comes back to what I was saying about being a fan. You know, you're the ultimate fan. You know, you're prepared to die for oh, yeah. the music that you love. <laughs> no, but and you're prepared to leave an operating table and go straight to a party and then stay there longer than people half your age. I mean, that's just incredible. And that comes from... Your, your your deep love. I mean, that's, that, is a, that is the absolute distillation of being a fan, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, without this, I would die. Honest to God, I would get bored and die. You, but you did get bored of music because you, you took all the music that you, were, that, that you were involved in, in. When was it? Was it 1996? I, I, I stopped you, in um, from, um, hold on, after the Sony deal, uh, 90... 99 till yeah. 2006 I started again but then my brother my father um, yeah. died in one year so but, so well, 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 let's get to the hiatus but we, we kind of want Nick was mm. Nick was quite right, rightly I think wanting to do this chronologically because it, it kind of it's, it's nice to sort of do this chronologically so so before we talk about the hiatus we've got to talk about um, Richard D. James oh, of course. so so um, the the the, the, the between it's between him and and Liam Howler as the greatest exponents of electronic music in the UK ever, probably. So can uh, I can I make an Aphex Twin related confession please. as we start to yeah so yeah you so must basically must. we're not it's, this is not TV um or and we're on on the radio so I don't know whether this is going to work but I brought this along so I yeah I'm, I passed on on Aphex Twin that's I'm just oh, you, my so God, that's the, you've got I'm I'm now holding a cassette in my hand and it says the Aphex Twin presumably in, in, in red biro on the spine of it and so it's got uh, didgeridoo flathead all tracks written by the Aphex twin um phone richard 081 <laughs> yeah i know obviously i'm not going to say the number but it's but it's just it just this dates it the fact that it's just it says 081 da 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 da, da, da. um the above tracks are a copy of a copy for my protection so so this came to you, Nick, when you were at uh, at XL, a, yeah, at XL. and I didn't, yeah, so I uh, missed out on this one. And yeah. you and you listened to this BASF Chrome Super Two cassette. I did, I did, but I I can't. I, you just weren't feeling it. Well, I think there was just probably loads of other stuff going on same time. Just zoom, 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 zoom. Well, and, don't, uh, don't feel bad. I mean, I remember mm. um, uh, Simeon when they did that uh, that remix competition, and mm. and Justice did that mix of, of that Simeon track Never Be Alone mm-hmm. for that for their remix competition mm-hmm. that I sort of helped with and they, they listened to it on the tour bus and they didn't really rate it they, they, they didn't really mm-hmm. they, it, it didn't even win it didn't it didn't win the competition yeah. it was it was DJ Hell that found that so uh, Renart however got probably got a, a similar BASF Chrome 2 cassette did and, you get one of those? Uh, well, I still have them all the, the, the story is different this is wonderful I mean this, this is awesome <laughs> this is <laughs> I I, I um, because he did a couple of tricks and and um, with this, and he even tweeted it. He he tweeted the story about about his not so long ago. Oh, did he? I yeah. don't know. Right about what? Sending yeah, he did, did, said even when I signed it, he did similar deals and blah 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 blah. Mm. Honestly, with the same record. Anyway, mm. but when when because I discovered him from Analog Bubble Bad, his very first white yes. label ever, and same thing number call him. So he came to Ghent with a box. Full of this with a box of cassettes. Yeah. Turns up in Ghent, right? Yeah, you know, and you, you then and we were listening two days in my apartment and going through all the tracks yeah. and right. And um, I don't know. 
out of this world. You know, then you go back to uh, Klaus Schulz and, 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 and those guys because mm. this is so unique. And he was 16, 17. My God, mm. yes, he was that young. He was 16 yeah, 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 and he was making these, yeah, yeah. these, uh, <laughs> these records in a sort of an analog world still. Yeah. With, with uh, handmade equipment. Wow, wow. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah. And so was this... Um, and so was this the very first Aphex Twin release? I guess it must have been. We, I released, uh, no, the very, yeah, very bub- first... Bubble Bath was a Analog first, Bubble Bath, yeah, uh, on a white label. That, that was just a white, it wasn't really a proper, like, proper release, really. It no, it was just Analog Bubble Bath, number, Aphex, that was it. And uh, I was spending a lot, of, a lot of time in Germany at, at that moment. It was, you know, 90, yeah, something around the 90s, beginning 90s. And... Uh, then uh, yeah, a couple of weeks later, this guy in my apartment. And even uh, I was older. Even uh, the, the person really had the same impression or effect on me as 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 uh, Hendrix. Honest to God, it was it was like Jesus coming in. And then it was this young kid. I was like, <laughs> no, but really. Imp- well, wow. no, you have really to get- got that much of a vibe just from him. Yeah, wow. no, no, I talk about the music. You, no, you're him, talking about him, him as a person. glowing. I've, wow, no, I've never, I've never met him as a person. No, I've I never met like, the guy either. Gosh, yeah. okay. And um, I, I was uh, even how you call it in in correcting intimidated, intimidated by, wow. by him, by his presence. Yeah. Really, you're right. Okay. A, such a strong character and yes. such an individual, and and uh, you knew, uh, you know, because we didn't communicate a lot, we didn't speak as we do now because he was very quiet very introvert yeah right. just listening to music and yeah you know yeah he's, he, his public persona is of a very shy and retiring person mm. so that doesn't surprise uh, that, that wouldn't surprise anyone but it, but it sounds like for you it was just like absolutely no question it's one of those moments for you we're doing this we're going I, I still do a lot uh, a lot of music that I don't understand but I, that I I didn't understand it at the point you know I knew something was going on, and um, it was sort of didgeridoo blew my mind, but everybody could understand. And it was so, um, how can I say, um, sort of a contraculture mm. in, in mm. what was going on. And you find me often there <laughs> during my career, you know, when everybody's going left, you know, I'm going right. It's, it's my nature. I have to do this. <laughs> so, um, fantastic. Yeah, Richard. Well, that's, wow. well, well the, obviously the, the tune, the soundtrack, that very moment is the tune that we're going to play now. This is Didgeridoo by Aphex Twin on uh, RNS Records. Trailblazers, Renard van der Papalier. This is Didgeridoo. Um, this, this, this cassette that um, Nick... And Nick, this was big of you to hand this over and say, I passed on Aphex Twin. And, mm. and how brilliant that you're sitting opposite a man with a massive smile because he didn't. And, um, and I'm just looking at, this, at the cassette and it's got... It's three tracks, all um, quote-unquote a copy of a copy for my protection. But the first one says, I, I love these... Um, 
these descriptions. It says, and it's in quite childlike writing. So, mm. like you say, he was only 16, 16 or something. Um, and it, this looks like a school project that I'm holding in my hand. And it, you know, it's, it almost could have been. It says, Tamfex, obvious commercial pretension, <laughs> potential. A didgeridoo, in, in capital letters, the, 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 uh, the um, titles, and then in, in small letters, massive potential. Play twice off tape, Colin Favour. Mm. R.I.P. Mm. And then and then Flaphead. And then I love this is the one I love the best. It says Flaphead, the biggest bass drum in the history of house music. <laughs> I want to hear that now. I mean, we have, unfortunately, we <laughs> we don't have a cassette we've, player we've in here, do we? We've got a fire, but we haven't got a cassette. Oh, player. next time. But next um, time. but yeah, that's uh, um, but in- incredible. And 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 what what an amazing description of because we we all talk about and obsess over his music, but having an, a des- description of the man and how he glowed even at the age of sixteen is uh, is incredible, Renart. Uh huh. Thank you. So um, so we talked earlier uh, about the ones that got away. So, you know, looking back at your illustrious career, I mean, you, you've just got one up on Nick because you signed Aphex Twin and he, he passed on it. So, but let's put the shoe on the other foot. Nick signed the Prodigy and you didn't. No, I couldn't. I mean, I was there in my small country. I mean, I couldn't compete to those guys. But, um, yeah, I, I remember same thing is... is um, Often, if you look at history, you you often have only so many people that write the page again for a generation completely. Mm-hmm. You know, Hendrix did it, you know, James Brown did it. And in, in, in our sort of time frame where we <laughs> where we can capture movie, you have, uh, of course, Richard Aphex, when you have the prodigy, they, they really changed yeah. all, all rules. Uh, Underworld also for a part. And... Um, and you said something earlier on that at some point um, it's it's pleasant to find you know I'm going to use your world to, to find some danger in music not everything has to be safe you know life has to be safe oh yes we were talking while, while the record was on we were talking about uh, Blue Daisy who we, we'll talk about later yeah. in that context of da- yeah danger I, I you know and, 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 and I've seen danger. the Prodigy performing in early days and I was like wow you know those guys are fucking wild I mean I want to I want to be part of that yeah um and um yeah unfortunately i wasn't big enough and um whatever but i i love the guys and then you know when we shoot a little bit further from their career and you know to 2006 when they made is for me one of the best albums they ever made and is is a, is a milestone 1996 yeah 1996 for me is is a complete milestone in, into electronic music where it really goes into um, a complete it goes from from, from dance floor to a, a rock crowd to yeah. an, an indie crowd and also the production you know, Trevor Horn is on there you know they're all on there it was um, it, it blew me away it, it, that track had everything had the funk had, had, had the freshness and had had for me what I always dreamed of is and what I uh, what I said to the boys when when the whole thing uh, was growing, you know, we have to come to 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 point where production becomes important, where maybe you have to bring other people in, and the prodigy and maybe underworld too were the first one in 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 getting in an electronic sorry a rock band electronic yeah. rock bands. I mean there yeah. was there was a visual, it was fun, it was it, and was, it was dangerous, punk. you know, it was danger, but it was also. Spot on in the time, you know, the yeah, timing yeah. was so right. And that track is, is for me still, you know, because I like funk, I like dance music, it's, it's the most funky track on the, on, on, on the planet. It, that track rocks big time. 
So are you, are you talking about Smack My Bitch Up? Or, or, are, you, or are you talking about which, which track are you talking about? You know, Smack, yeah, Smack My Bitch Up, but also mm. Firestar. Well, when, you, when you go back in time, when, when you hear that the first time, I mean, it's very hard to, I don't know. I, I still can remember you with all the music around you. And it is like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I'm I'm on record as uh, people who know me well know this, and and I, I might have confessed it to to Liam when I was interviewing him. But I remember exactly where I was when I first heard Firestarter, and I was I was I was going up the M40, the motorway up to, towards Birmingham, in a blizzard, and I had to take my car into the emergency lane and put my hazard lights on because it was just it was affecting me so much I thought I might crash the car and I just basically wanted to have my own private rave this is what it did because I was in a club and a promo because they were distributed by Pias Mm -hmm. so they had a promo it was not officially released and you know full club and you know house music and then this drops and I was frozen on the ground and I said what? you know (laughs) where is this coming from? (laughs) I mean yeah but you've 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 chosen as the um, we've asked you to choose a track from uh, from the fat of the land and and you're choosing smack my bitch up over Firestarter. So um, so why what's what is your attachment? I, I find it. I find of course Firestarter. I mean, come on, you know, Buddha, Allah, everybody was there in the studio to make that track happen. But smack my bitch up has the funk, you know, the intro. It is the drum beat. Everything is so perfect in the track. I mean, it's still, um, I don't know, <laughs> it's still perfect. Trailblazers, Renard van der Papalier. Smack my bitch up, of course. Um, a perfect record, um, says Renat. Renat from uh, RNS Records, and that uh, that is the one that got away. Um, you're saying that's the one that you wish that you'd signed, and uh, how marvelous that you're sitting next to uh, next to the man who did sign it. <laughs> you know, but I know the prodigy from before, but this, this record is so perfect, and and I think uh, as a label, and maybe not because I'm not really your traditional label or businessman, because you know I'm still poor and still doing things what I do, but uh, I'm I'm really fascinated how production work, and this came. It's, well, come on, it, it is perfection. And when I heard that track, I said, okay, I mean, I, I'm done. You know, what, what, you know what, what can we do from Belgium? There is no, you know, give up. <laughs> really, yeah. I was um, yeah. pleasantly surprised and happy. And, and, and f- you know, at the same time, nah, you, you're never going to reach that level. Ever. You weren't alone. I think we were all thinking that. <laughs> Everybody, lots of producers listened to that record and thought, oh my God, I think I'll give up and just get a proper job now. But, but you never did. And, but I'm, I'm interested by the, by the fact that, you know, you just said, oh, I'm still poor and I'm still, um, you know, I'm, I'm still in the trenches with the troops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and I'm interested by the fact that you, you gave up um, or you, you certainly had a hiatus mm-hmm. around the year 2000, so mm-hmm. not, not long after mm-hmm. um, Prodigy became massively successful. And you, um, you then took a hiatus and you, you're, you're on record as saying that you, you were just bored. And uh, so what, what, was going through your, what was going through your mind then? Why did you decide to sort of get out of music? Um, first of all, the, the, the level of you know, uh, the kind of music that was... Because you had Prodigy, you had a chemical underworld, you know, really going, giving that quality. 
So you literally listened to these records and you thought, I've sold this, I'm going to give up now. I'm going to get my coat. Well, sort of, because the dance music, I didn't find um, um, uh, electronic music or house that interesting to, uh, during that period. Mm. You know, I came close with the Boom Boom Satellite, which, which was very punky, but probably... Oh, boom Boom Satellites were cool. Yeah, sure, but, you know, it came out on RNS and, you know, they were beating, you know, with those guys and they had no chance. Yeah. And anyway, so... I said, you know, time for me to take a break. You know, I was bored with managers. Also, attitude with with this, um, this whole DJ sell-up culture, uh, artists, you know. They, you know, they sold 20,000 records and certainly they come into your office. They have a lawyer and a manager. And, you know, when you say maybe this, oh, no, you don't know. You know what I mean, I said. Did the, yeah. Was it the, the business side then? The, everything. The everything. Ev everything combined. Everything. Com maybe Just I was tired because, you know, I go always in overdrive. Yeah. But mainly the attitude. You know, it was... It, the vibe was gone. It was about mm. money and it mm. was about uh, 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 managers, lawyers. And I oh. came from the street. It was about fun. Let, mm, let's yeah. do it. Let's... Mm. Also the parties, it was... Uh, the fun went out of it. Yeah. For me, yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, different factors, but yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. But you could, but if you had, if you had stayed, um, you could have actually probably cleaned up because people were were so, you know what you had done in the in the fifteen years or, or whatever before was oh, yes. so influential. I, 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 I could have uh, sit down and be become a businessman and to, you know hire a, a and R's and let it all go, you know. Go, I don't know. There were streamings, uh, dance music streams that made made a lot of money. Yeah. But my, for me, if if I don't believe in it or my heart isn't there, listen, I don't care if it sells ten million. I will not do it. I, I'm I'm not interested. Yeah. And I will not air uh, Aria. Maybe do this and maybe do that. That's it. Eat it. Take it. I'm I'm, I'm probably too punk. I'm I'm not a good businessman. But a but a great artist or a great a great uh, you know um, what's the what's the word a, an art, a patron of in the old style of the word you know of of, of artists, um, which right. is a great place to be. But so you but thank God you came back, Renart, because you came back. I mean, you came back on fire. You 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 had this incredible back catalogue and heritage and uh, and and this. Uh, you know this amazing legacy, and then uh, and you, you gave up, and then suddenly suddenly you were back, but then you you were back reinvented, weren't you? You you, you were back with artists like James Blake, yeah, um, which I didn't understand either at the time because James was brought by 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 an A and R boss when when we restarted, and I said you know this is cool, but I had no information who James was. This was just an electronic track, and I said mm, maybe this is the software and as. Um, you know, maybe we should do it on Apollo. You know, whole discussion, I'm glad, uh, you know, I gave um, the youngsters um, the carte blanche to do it. Mm. Um, because I, I could understand where it was coming from. For uh, And to be very honest, I was just going back in. Um, I only heard, um, it's a long story, because people convinced me and three bottles of wine did <laughs> to come back because I didn't want to come back. And what were you doing? Bringing horses. Breeding, breeding horses. And you started yeah. a stud, didn't you? Yeah, 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 farm. yeah. 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 Breeding horses, and uh, you know, I, I was happy there. You know, but you were indulging another passion, something and something else that you were pursuing. Well, very I, passionate I, I, about. I learned a lot, and thank God I did it because I, I could take a distance and and uh, see where record companies were going. And of course, you have you know great, fantastic labels like Excel and Ninja who, who really made a proper business out of it. And I'm you know, chapeau. You know, I couldn't do it. I'm not the leader. Hmm. I'm, I'm I'm on the street, and. Um, so I, 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 
If you're a businessman, you can plan. You let others work. For me, I need my full heart in the game. Mm. And when I turn on the radio, um, uh, because I didn't listen to six years to music, nothing. It was silence. Complete silence. Only the noise of horses. Wow. That you, was it. You, I didn't you listen weren't to even listening to, to a radio. track in the car? Nothing. No, it, it nothing. Had, you no. were so disillusioned yeah. by wow. all these managers and probably yeah. a lot of people on a lot of cocaine being very annoying. Uh, an artist, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, certainly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to name names. You have yeah. DJs with bodyguards, and yeah. you know, are you on the guest list? You guys that you know for 20 years. I mean, uh. come on, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I, suddenly, I don't know when my brother, you know, he was sick. He had cancer. I turned on the radio, and there was a sort of pre pre dubstep program it was electronic electronic music with sort of dubstep and I wow this is new i have to i have to come back you know the fire was on again yeah sorry. and and i started you know evaluating and you know it went left to right and center uh, you know from uh, how you call it um, dubstep uh, from uh, James Blake post dubstep yeah. to to Skrillex which is the yeah. hardest side yeah so and, uh, 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 which now we you know we, t- today we are at a point where the real dudes are there again the real electronic guys from the future are there and it was a long process mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> beat me you know <laughs> just follow me well, everybody well, well we'll get to the present soon but uh, obviously the soundtrack um of uh, of your your renaissance if Correct. you will would be would be james black uh, absolutely fantastic artist trailblazers renard van der papalier CMYK by uh, James Blake, and this is uh, this, the, the soundtrack. Of, this is the soundtrack of of Renart being inspired. And you talk about you know we we talk about um you know we, we're talking about fire starters really on this show, aren't we? Cultural. You're a, you're a cultural fire starter, and the fire had gone out. I um, I, 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 I will take that as a compliment because him burial are. You know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, Derek May, Jane, um, the prodigy, Apex, you know, change, having an influence on, on a generation for more than 10 years. You, you cannot underestimate the power of, you know, what they've done. Mm. James is another one. You know, he, he, he's, he's inspiring a whole generation right now. And this is, this is powerful. This is powerful material. Yeah, well, you know, so, so are you. <laughs> and um, so where are, so from... Um from James Blake. Now you, we talked about your relighting your, mm-hmm. your fire. You know, James helped to do that. And so let's sort of roll it towards the towards the present now, and um, and talk about stuff that you're that you're working on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I want to talk about Nadine Shah. But we'll, but but before that, let's. You mentioned the word danger. We were talking about danger having mm-hmm. gone out of mm-hmm. um, hip hop music. We were talking about Blue Daisy when I when I first heard fuck a rap song mm-hmm. and um and i was the first person to play it on the radio uh it just it blew me away it, and it gave me goosebumps when i when i first heard it and it actually frightened me you know you talked about being intimidated by apex twin just on on, on one level then i was sort of it wasn't intimidation it was it was actual fear you know and it was the same fear that i got when i when i first saw 
Public Enemy or when I first heard uh, um, like an NWA record, you know, when I first heard Fuck the Police. And it's just, it's such a, a, a challenge to the, to the status quo. And it's such a, it's, it, it, there was a, but since then, a lot of the danger for me in urban music had gone. And then suddenly Blue Daisy turn up and there's danger again. And so I was really, really happy to hear that you have signed the Blue Daisy album. No, it's, and, it's, and I'm kind it, of not surprised. It's, it's a complete... Because he was signed. You know, he was... Uh, he, he had a deal. And, um, you know, I also, you know, came across the fucker rap song and I say, I, I want this guy. I want to Listen, I want to have vodka with him. I want to, I want to be very close, close to this guy. And I don't care where he is. You know, now the Belgians will win this game. Yeah. So he knew that. Um, he, You know, he came across uh, on his ears that, you know, I was interested. You know... Director had a mail, dude. I love you. I know who you are. Give me some time. We're gonna tear up that contract. I'll sign with you. And they did it. Brilliant. <laughs> they really did. And it, you know, it took a year, a lot of patience. Um, but uh, again, like, look, I have goosebumps. And um, you actually do. I, can, I really can I, see. I, I have see goosebumps. goosebumps. I really Don't can lie. see them. No, be- be- <laughs> because I'm happy now that I, I think artists. Maybe I was too young to sign guys like Prodigy or whatever at that time were not mature enough. <laughs> but, hold on. Maybe I'm um, I'm older now, so I'm great. P- people think I'm <laughs> mature now. But I think uh, with um, with uh, Blue Daisy and with um, Nadine, I think they can see sort of matu- maturity. And and um, I, I can give that confidence in, listen, we're not here to make hits like... Go, spread your wings. You, you're safe. I'll, I'll protect you. Whatever. Be free. And this is what I like. And anyway, I'm, well, the goosebumps are here. But again, that Jimi Hendrix power is there. And, uh, you know, that vibe is there. You know, same thing when I, I met the Prodigy at the beginning. You know, early, early back. You know, the, yeah. their first gig. Mm-hmm. Mm. You, you were there. You signed them. There must you have know, been so much danger at that game. I mean, that was, I saw it on the rave in Germany when they were young. So uh, comparing, because it's the same, it, it, it is fire. I mean, mm. it, it is firework. No, that's what we, yeah, what we, what we want, isn't it? From from life, we want, and, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hence us doing this by by a fire, and hence yeah. our whole motif. So let's uh, let's uh, let's look at the current sort of fire that's on in Renard's life. This is Blue Daisy, and uh, I'm guessing this is this is Grave not, This is not out there. This is no, no, no. Grave Digger. It's an album track, right? Yeah. Trailblazers, Renard van der Papalia. Wow, yeah, I like it too. Wow, that's a, there's an obvious there's an obvious uh, nod to the prodigy there, isn't there? That's so that really rocks. Mm. I've never heard Blue Daisy in that context before. Mm, no, it's um, well, wow. you know, there you have a, a young artist that uh, would, if he would have signed to a major, that would have died. And uh, yeah, this is this is the the, the right seed planted. Let it go. I think uh, he will grow very nicely in all freedom. I hope so. And that's a that's a rock record. And and that that 
And that on RNS records. Uh, yeah. And well, that's the message. Well, really well this is, I mean, <laughs> this is what really impresses me, you know, about about you and what, what you're doing and RNS. I, I love it when a label just goes off on one and and does what you least expect what you least expect them to do and um the, obviously this is unexpected and and, and a de- delightful surprise but your signing of Nadine Shah is mind-blowing to me you know that when i heard that Nadine was on RNS records i it just blew my mind i thought oh my god this is like it's like when James Lavelle signed south it's it's right out there you know because you're an electronic label and then suddenly you've signed but one of the most interesting i mean she's her album is probably the album of the, of the year i mean when it came out whenever it was many many months ago i said this is the one that's going that, that everyone's got to beat everyone's got to beat this you know m- maybe T- tame impala might have got close for me but but nadine's album is for me the album of the year it's, uh, it's i mean I, I can only take that uh, as 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 a compliment um, but it's also to show that, and I tried it a couple of times, you know, with Boom Boom Satellite in time, with uh, Men, uh, Menlo Park, you know, we did, we did a couple of attempts. Yeah. Um, but I think, as I said before, we're mature enough that um, the outside world is, is, is accepting it. I had the most beautiful compliment, uh, you know, I was playing um, uh, in Amsterdam uh, last weekend and two youngsters came to me. Um, 19, 20 maximum and um, you know they don't know the history and they came to me Renard we know your label did research and it's it's beautiful that you bring young and old together on one party and that's <laughs> the most beautiful compliment I had so finally they did you know they because I'm much more honoured than, than than Adine because I'm, I'm honoured that she signed to us I mean she's when I heard the first album, um, it was it was not really you know, an easy album. It was really dark, you know, even darker. Yes, than, very mental health focused, and and, and yeah, uh, correct. It's, it's awkward and, and difficult to talk about it, and obviously it's difficult to listen to an album that's been completely sort of fueled by that. Totally. So, and I've seen, you know, on our first gig, I've seen a lot of labels around. You know, the big ones. They were all in the same room. Yeah. When. I was there, Sabine, and I was like, this, this is great. I mean, you know, this is... And um, I'm the lucky one, so... And uh, I will do what I can uh, in my possibilities for Nadine. I, I love that girl, very intelligent. I mean, again, a unique... There is no second Nadine. There is no second prodigy. There is no second... There, There is one. And, and Nadine is one of them. And she will write history, too, in her own way. Yeah, she, I really hope so. I think she's an incredible talent. I'm just, I'm just remembering actually talking to her about that whole period of everybody being into her and wanting and courting her, mm. and while she was being sniffed at and chased by so many labels. And mm. she said, "Oh, you know, I was just getting invited to dinner by all these different people, and they they yeah. pay for a really nice dinner, and then they just give me some kind of bullshit line, and then I'd never hear from them again, or you know, I just got a bad vibe from them." But then this crazy. Belgian guy like comes and sees him. He's got this, he's he's grey hair. He's, he's kind of, but he's he's like he had this really young vibe about him, and he was so. She talks about your sort of boyish enthusiasm, and that as being the, and also that I remember her saying that there was no bullshit with you, that you paid for the dinner, but there was no. She said, I just for the first time I had so many dinners paid for by so many different um, corporate credit cards, and and I've had, I'd had so much bullshit, but. I had no bullshit from him. He just went, I love you. I think you're brilliant. I want to sign you. Just over dinner. 
Yeah, but bang, is, is, there, is there more to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. But you, yeah, you sort of you put your you put your money where your mouth is, don't you? Well, you have to, and especially now those days, there are not uh, what I can see around. You know, not much, uh, and, and Nick will probably champion that. Uh, as a manager, not much. Uh, you don't find much record companies that will breed artists that will really support and invest. Maybe you have one chance if you don't. Mm. And mm. Uh, you know, we pretentiously, uh, or or maybe it's my mental state. It's possible. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm acting like we're in the seventies. You know, let's go. You're but, incubating, which is a really rare. You know, this is a, the lost art of A and R. And you know, Nick's nodding here. Now, yeah, I mean, know. I've I've had conversations with senior guys at, at major labels, and they've said, you know, sort of ra- rather than paying thirty grand to sign something now that's early and in two years' time will have grown to something really good, they will be honest. They'll say, I'd rather you come back in a year and a half's time, uh, time and I'll pay you 120 grand and we're on the A-list three months later and, you know, we're blazing. I want to pay you more money later down the line. I don't want to do... I don't want us to do the development work. Yeah. So, obviously, the development work, a lot of it now is is undertaken by managers, by the artists themselves, building a picture, because um, record labels want to buy momentum. They don't want to create momentum. They will, well, yeah, they, they can't be asked with the, with the actual hard work of incubating, no. n- nurturing no. and a and you know, you are... All the risk and all of the time and... It's more, as you say, the the financial risk be, behind it because you know a project like Nadine is not cheap. You know, we're talking major investment for who? Who am I? This little grey guy from Belgium? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but little grey guy from Belgium that is, you know, really, really passionate and that would die for mm. for yeah, but not just putting your money where your mouth is. You're putting your life where your mouth is. Yeah, but then you have to. I always said to to also colleagues, you know, don't sign artists because because you know with your heart or stay away from it because. At the end of the day, both parties will be frustrated. Yeah. You know, I, I, I will go into a fight for Nadine or Blue Daisy, but, you know, I'm, I will really go into a fight. Honestly, I know, <laughs> I know that I will lose, but I will go into a fight. But yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this is what I want to see more. Um, uh, because if, if, if we don't exist anymore, and of course I'm not alone, there are, you know, little labels and very good managers around the mm. world. If, if this is gone and, and if this is not supported... How will new interesting artists reach that level where a major are going to say, here is a check. You know what? I'm going to buy those majors. Soon I'm going to buy them all, kick them out, all those executives. <laughs> I'm going to buy your company and then I'm going to buy, buy Sony, <laughs> Warner and, uh, you know, see, 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 I've got to find some <laughs> private investors. No, I mean, young talent has to be, you need invested in young talent. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise simple as that what well, are we doing that, that is, that is a, a great place to, to leave this but we're, we're, I'm, I don't want to leave it right there I want to ask you the same last question that we ask everybody and that is that if aliens landed mm. and they said look we're doing a, we, 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 we're clearing out the, the, this galaxy and um, we're destroying some planets that, that are kind of getting in the way um, we've only got five minutes can you just play us just give us one thing that you that, that you, is a reason why we shouldn't blow your planet up just to make way for a super highway um, so one tune to save the earth what would that tune be? Oh. I, I'm gonna go go back to Marvin Gaye because he, he's a very special 
musician artist in my life that really you know he's so emotional so I'm I'm gonna go for um, what are we right here yeah inner city blues trailblazers Renat van der Papalier Originals. Trailblazers. Thanks for your ears. We hope you enjoyed Trailblazers. Uh, we love your feedback. So if you want to get in touch with either of us, you can reach out to me via Twitter at EddieTM. That's E double D Y T M. Or you can reach out to myself, Nick Hawks, N I C K. H-A-L-K-E-S on uh, Twitter or Facebook and remember we've just given you a taste of the the great music that uh, shaped the journey of our special guest today Uh, if you want to hear music in full head over to Deezer.com and you can find special Trailblazers playlists that Eddie and I put together and some special stuff from our guests and bear in mind that if you enjoyed this stuff on Trailblazers you'll definitely enjoy the curated playlists that happen on Deezer just download the app for free and search for Trailblazers or head to the dance section where you'll find a playlist for just about any genre you can think of in dance. Trailblazers. Deezer. Deezer. Originals.